Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. It is nearly ten past seven on a Friday evening. I'm sitting in my hotel room in Sydney, Australia, on Pitt Street in Sydney, Australia. And uh, yeah, it's a big city. Fuck, Sydney is very different from Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne like, feels quite European and Sydney feels a bit more American or something. I don't know how to describe it, but... Here I am, and here we are, and, uh, you know, it's Friday, and there should be an cast. and I realized that there wasn't an cast last week. I felt very bad about not having a podcast last Friday, but, you know, I just arrived. I wasn't sure what day it was. I wasn't sure what time it was. I wasn't sure how old I was. I wasn't sure who I was or anything like that, and I've slightly come to grips with all of that stuff now, and, uh, yeah, I, I got up this morning really early at uh, whatever it was, quarter to seven, to watch the Arsenal Red Star Belgrade game in the uh, the Europa League. It wasn't, it's fair to say, one of the greatest games of football that I've ever witnessed, but there you go. It, it, look, the team did what they had to do. They qualified for the knockout stages of the Europa League. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't particularly interesting. It certainly wasn't entertaining, but... You know, what do you do in these circumstances? Do you play some of the players that you would play against Manchester City on Sunday? I don't think so. Manchester City's going to be difficult enough anyway, isn't it? They're, like, super good, really good. All their goals and all their assists and all their, you know, shit-hot attacking play and, you know, tactics and passing the ball to each other and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, why do you make life more difficult for yourself? You ask the senior players to do what they can do, and it wasn't very much. And you ask the young players to do what they can do, and it, you know, it's 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 hard to to criticize them for not being able to produce. And it was a ragtag, ragamuffin team that we played against Red Star Belgrade. They might have had better chances, but we didn't lose, and we qualified for the knockout stages of the Europa League. And you know, that was what they were tasked with doing. That was their remit, and they've done it. And now it's up to these wastrels on Sunday to get something from. Manchester City. So, you know, save your ire for those guys if they can't do it on Sunday. That's my thinking. You know, what can you expect with a team with a midfield with three teenagers, two of them are playing out of position? Can't get too stressed about it. It was shite. I recognize that, but you know, that's not that's not our big issue this season, I don't think. But anyway, look, I'm waffling and I might have had a beer or two beers or maybe three Four, yeah, it was four beers. It ended up two all, actually. 
tool because I met my guest in Sydney this afternoon. You'll know him from his cartoons that he draws for The Guardian. Uh, David Squires is his name. We've had him on the podcast before, but he's got another uh, brand new book out, The Illustrated Football, The Illustrated History of Football, The Hall of Fame. Uh, and it follows on from his book last year, which was hilarious. And this book is also hilarious. Um, I, I recommend it. I was reading it on the plane out here. It made me laugh in a number of places, in many places. In fact, there's a, a tremendous John Terry cartoon, which should make everybody laugh, uh, particularly if you're not a Chelsea fan, and maybe even if you are a Chelsea fan. Uh, but, like, if you are a Chelsea fan, who cares? That's, that's yeah, that's where we are with that. That's where we are. That's where I am right now. I'm now thinking about what am I going to eat for dinner because I haven't really eaten any dinner yet, so I need to have a think about that. Maybe I'll put out a call to arms on Twitter. Where should I go if I'm on Pitt Street in Australia? Where should I go? By the time you hear this, which will be in a few minutes, actually, if you've downloaded it straight after I've published it, but yeah, it probably won't be relevant. Um, but look, I think I'll get on with the podcast. I think we should do that. Um, this is a conversation I had with David Squires in Sydney, Australia, in the Customs House. What a what a lovely building it was. They've got like a, a model of Sydney under the floor. It feels like you're going to fall into it. And a few other interesting features as well. So look, uh, let's get on with the podcast. This is me and David Squires. I am sitting in the Customs House in Sydney. I've been staring at the uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge and all the people getting on ferries and uh, all the various lovely people that you see hanging around Docklands and wharfs. Uh, you know what those kind of people are like. Uh, <laughs> and it's always a good place to meet somebody and I'm delighted to be sitting here with uh, David Squires. Hi, David. Hello. How are you? you having fun? Yeah, I am having fun. It's, um, it's a very interesting place. Australia. Did you enjoy the um, ornate swastikas stickers in the uh, in the entry to Customs House? Yes. Yeah, that was, they were surprising. Surprising. You don't see too many swastikas. stickers. Not many days. people know that Australia was actually discovered by Lazio fans, and um, <laughs> they they left their mark. Sorry. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are, and we're sitting very uh, kindly, thanks to the restaurant in here. They've allowed us to uh, to sit at this table. Do you ever feel? You know, obviously you're from the UK. Mm. Um, it, in these current times, do you ever feel like I, I get a sense of feeling far away from everything because uh, I'm down here and you yeah. sort of it's difficult to come to terms with the fact that while you're awake, almost everyone you know is asleep. Yeah. Do you find any comfort in, in, in the fact that you're far away from all the madness in the world, and most <laughs> of the madness that's going on, leaving aside regional madness, which I'm sure there is? Yeah, I mean, it's just as mad here. Like, the political situation's mad here. The football um, scene is just as crazy and dysfunctional here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess I've been here eight years now, so I've sort of got used to the fact that, that I'm so far removed from where all the, the action is that I'm really interested in. Yeah. Um, and the time zone actually works to my advantage sometimes. If there's a big sort of tournament on, the games generally kick off at 4.45 a.m. here. Yeah. So it means an early start and sitting there with my notepad, but then it means I've got the, the rest of the day to sit there and draw a cartoon. Yeah, and sure. Most of my audience is in the UK, so when they wake up the next day, there's a, a new cartoon waiting for yeah. them. So people who didn't know that I lived here just assumed that I was sort of beavering away through the night, sort of like an <laughs> elf. Um, 
and so yeah it sort of works to my advantage a bit yeah I had to file a piece for uh, I do some writing for ESPN I had to file a piece for November 3rd which I filed today which is November 3rd here but because they're US based it was still November 2nd there you're yeah. going to have to uh, this is for tomorrow this is tomorrow's piece yeah yeah no, there, it takes a while to get, get your head around it yeah. Um, but yeah there is some madness here did you see that thing about the I'm going to see if I can play the clip here of the the politician who w- was warning people about Irish people. I was going to ask you about that. I was actually, I hesitated to come and s- to approach you because I've been warned not to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If anyone's missing out, there have been some, um, I guess what you would say, dodgy tradesmen uh, doing the rounds in, in Australia. And uh, this is the way that went down. Hang on. Hang on. I've got Irish it. accents, which is a common feature of a lot of these scams, prompting this very, very broad warning. The Consumer Affairs Minister. When your body um, knocks on your door that has an Irish accent, um, automatically um, ask them to leave. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> automatically ask them to leave. I mean, it is good advice, generally oh. speaking, but holy moly, politicians yeah. are amazing, aren't they? The way they can just find new ways to make yeah. or put their foot in it. I think the situation here is that um, it's the same with the uh, national football team. There's a because there's a smaller population, there's a smaller pool of talent mm. from which you can which you can pick, and it's the same with politicians and policymakers here. There's some absolute lunatics who um, shouldn't be in sort of public office who will hold in that position. But yeah, that's um, that's good PR for Australia. You know, that's that's really good news. Well done, the, everyone. Yeah, there's no Irish here anyway. You know, Irish <laughs> have no no footprint in Australia whatsoever. Oh man, it's. Yeah, that, that's it. And the funny thing is, because that was in Melbourne, we didn't actually, well, I didn't hear much about it in Sydney. I only just discovered that last night. But right. uh, you've just been in Melbourne, so I guess everyone's talking about yeah, they're slamming people. their door in your face. Yeah, and, absolutely. Every yeah. time I went to get a cup of coffee, it was like, are you Irish? Get the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of here. Um, I mean, do you enjoy, obviously, the, the, the crux of your... your um, cartoons and your writing is, is about football but obviously it gives you the opportunity to address societal issues yeah. I know we talked about this you know on the, on the last podcast mm. but uh, you know I think it's, it's almost impossible to ignore yeah. um, so I mean having that, having that outlet to be able to do that must be fantastic it is and I use it for that exact purpose you're right um, like football doesn't exist in isolation you know we all as fans we bring along our own political opinions and um, I suppose some people express them more forcefully than others um, and yeah I mean I wrote the the, the book um, that I guess we'll, we'll talk about in a yeah. bit um, I wrote the book I started uh, what just after the last Euros um, I, it was around the time of Brexit actually so since then, there's been so much disruption. And there will be days where I sit down to, to work. So I was trying to draw a cartoon about um, Johan Cruyff, I think it was, on the day that Trump got elected. And it was happening in real time here because you yeah. know our time zone's fairly similar to, to the US. Well, it was at that point. So it wasn't like you guys in the UK woke up and saw your phone notifications at sort of seven in the morning and thought, oh, Jesus, the world's gone nuts. I was sort of following it live. Yeah. And it was really distracting. And there's been a few times like that um, where I've been making maybe a political point in the cartoons in the book 
and then the narrative has just completely changed. Like, even the, the last UK election, like that sort of populist swing back to the left towards yeah. Jeremy Corbyn, that ruined about eight jokes in my book. So I had to go back and, I mean, as, as great and as amusing as all that was, I mean, that was a, a, a very funny election day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it completely bugged me for about eight cartoons. So, yeah. uh, it is. Yeah. I mean, you can't escape it, can you? I know that there have been mornings when I've sitting down, uh, sat down, sitting, um, yeah. sat down to write the blog and write about ostensibly about Arsenal. But something yeah. has happened in the world that you yeah. just you simply can't ignore. No, um, that's right. And uh, yeah, it does have an impact on, on what you do. Now, the last time we spoke, um, I, I distinctly remember talking about your book and about. Uh, a particular uh, uh, cartoon with Jose Mourinho in it, um, and it was a, an image of Jose Mourinho that people would not be able to forget. Now, <laughs> oh, yes. I've forgotten about it, so I can't remember yeah. which one okay. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might remind me if you can think about it. But yeah, you have provided us with another uh, Jose <laughs> Mourinho image in your recent this cartoon week. Yeah. this week. Um, how to how to describe it? It is. A, um, I think the beauty of it is you don't know whether the testicles are going in or they're coming out. <laughs> yeah, I did actually have to think about if you're if you're spewing testicles or if you're just spouting bollocks. Yeah. Basically, which way is the which way does the pointy end point? Yeah. You know, so I had them coming out like I suppose like arrows. So the arrow yeah. head is the sort of the the pointy bit, and then the danglies at the bottom. Um, <laughs> so yeah it probably it wasn't the most subtle image I've ever drawn no. um, but uh, um, yeah, I just got tired at one point last week um, of just the amount of yeah, shit he talks and I, there are worse people in the world there are bear really? with me <laughs> there are okay I'll take but, your word um, for that but I, I think that um, as we, we were saying just before the, just the time difference of watching football in Australia means you have to make a bit of a commitment to watch a, watch a game so you have yeah. to either get up early or stay up late and I think after the, the Man United Tottenham game this week that was the third time this season I'd fallen into the trap of thinking here's two big clubs playing and one of them's United mm. surely now they're going to go for it and we'll see a real cracker it'll be a 3-all or a you know 4-1 or something sure. and yet again <laughs> he sucked me in like so many managers before and um, so I was just annoyed and just the, the bollocks he talks it's, yeah. it's exhausting he, he does provide you with a lot of material though he mm. is one of those people who you know for whatever reason he wants to make the story about himself yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to resist I'd say he's a hard guy to resist sticking the knife into or, or at least featuring in the cartoons because yeah. simply because he, he sort of draws a target on himself and says come have a go so yeah He's like the Donald Trump of the, the Premier League or maybe of football is itself. It's sort of hard to land a glove on because the, the things that he says are uh, well, obviously not quite as extreme as, as Trump, but um, just that sort of bare-faced way of presenting himself. Yeah. Um, but one of the, the common sort of criticisms I've had of my work was that I can't... I couldn't draw Jose Mourinho. So having the... Um, opportunity to draw him every week. I think I think I'm getting closer to the nailing now, nailing it now. You know, right. and he's got a slightly pointy nose. His uh, his eyebrows sort of 
and naturally point downwards. He's got these sort of the bags under the eyes and a sort of little sort of chicken beak mouth. So uh, I think I'm getting closer. Practice and makes perfect. Yeah, man. yeah. And he's aging quite a lot as well, so, mm. as we all are. Of course. Um, but um, but yeah, as his hair sort of gets whiter and, you know, he's not quite the, the handsome sort of Lothario that he appeared to be when he rocked up at Chelsea, sure. you know, 15 years ago, whenever yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like football looks like it's taken its toll on him <laughs> yeah. in, in a big way. I can relate to that. Oh, but, uh, listen, I think we, yeah. all, I think we all can. Yeah. Is that is that a, uh, one of the trickiest parts, is to try and find the right likeness? Because often, like a joke or a gag, will depend yeah. on how much... It looks like, and, and particularly with maybe some of the secondary characters that, uh, that pop up in a panel yeah. where, you know, there's two people talking in the background to somebody else, you know. Yeah. Is, is that the most difficult part or one of the most difficult parts? I'm the first to admit that not all of my likenesses are 100% accurate. Yeah. Um, but I'm lucky in that I have the text to try and set the jokes up. So if there's anywhere where I think, mm, okay, it's not... Ex- entirely clear who this is um, I can use the text to sort of tee it up so yeah cheating in a way stick a name badge on them yeah maybe, exactly you know? <laughs> that, that kind of that's when you know I'm really struggling if yeah. I just write their name on their chest or something sure. or on the back of their shirt you yeah. know that's um, yeah it, it's just one of those things where you just have to keep drawing and drawing and drawing until you, you get it right and sometimes it's it's sort of well I feel sometimes it's just luck yeah. that finally you put the pencil in the right mark and you think oh that's it that's how his nose goes but, but but then how do you go from there I mean because it's okay doing it once but yeah. then it's the repetition of it is that just is that just practice or? Uh, it is yeah and that right. can be a killer if it's someone who really struggling to draw like um, who's a guy who Palace just sacked uh, De Boer uh, Frank oh, De Boer oh man yeah. I couldn't get him at all I really yeah. struggled and he's got a very distinctive face but I just couldn't get it right right and when you're on a deadline and I could just see like the, the sands of time slipping away the deadline drawing ever closer um, and in the end I just had to I, I think I admitted in the text that I was pleased it had been sacked because yeah, just so he was just draw. an absolute bastard to draw yeah. but then, then by, by the same token there must be people who are quite easy to draw simply because you can exaggerate those features like I would imagine Sam Allardyce, for example, is yeah. Yeah. you know his 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 walrus heft and, <laughs> and that that big head. Yeah, that's right. And the, the force of his personality as well. And he's sort of expressing that through the image. But that's another example where I have the the text to to really sort of lay it on thick. So Sam's big. Sam's good to draw. Uh, Roy Hodgson is. Um, I I really enjoy drawing him. Yeah, he, he has this sort of permanent expression on his face um, it's hard to, to capture sort of whimsy I suppose he looks almost <laughs> whimsical sometimes which like you can't believe what's going on around yeah, him yeah yeah that, that's right and he seems he seems like a sweet man as well so I feel a bit bad sometimes because I do use him as a sort of comedy stooge you know? I probably draw him in more costumes and outrageous situations than than other people other, other, um, other characters so I enjoy drawing him Antonio Conte, I, I like drawing him, although the, the trick is to make him not look exactly like Nicky Wire from the Mannix, which yeah. is uh, that's pretty tricky. Eddie Howe is someone who 
uh, I found he didn't really have much of a he was quite sort of featureless so I don't know why about a year ago I decided well if I give him a massive head and small features and then that can just be what Eddie Howe looks like when I draw him and then yeah. he can be recognisable in future cartoons and that seems to have been quite popular sure. so what, what about players I mean who do you who do you like to draw you know from from a playing point of view are there particular favourites or is it uh, yeah I suppose if there's anyone who looks a little bit gormless um, I hesitate to name names but I like Phil Jones I like, I like drawing <laughs> Phil Jones well, you know all you have to do is google image Phil Jones and there are yeah. just a, a, yeah. a multitude of images some people have uh, I think we could say very expressive faces that's, when that's they're kinda, when they're you. straining for the for the footballer yeah. to make a tackle I think that's yeah yeah, um, but usually it's that the manager, like as your face gets older, it becomes a bit more interesting. Yeah. So, um, and hey, look, I, I'm the last person to really, you know, take the piss out of anyone's physical appearance or, or even their football ability. But um, you know, that actually, that's one of the golden rules I have is to um, not mock anyone for their lack of ability at playing football um, because clearly they're all better at it than I am. Yeah. And um, I am aware that even though it's a golden rule. Probably break it about twice a month. So, um, right. yeah, I'm sure your listeners who are familiar with the, the cartoons will be sort of saying, sure. "Hang on, Wait what about this?" Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. a golden rule, but it's one that I bought from Argos. So you, you know, it'll go yeah, it'll, it'll go green in my hands if I sort of hold it for too long. Sure. I mean, I think that the easy thing, and particularly with uh, you know what what you try and do with your cartoons, is be funny. And perhaps the easiest thing, if you're trying to be funny, is also to be mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you... I, I think there's a line. There really yeah. is a, a line about, you know, where it crosses from mean into really sticking the knife in. Yeah, yeah. Is that something you, you have to, to be aware of? Yeah. Or as time has progressed, it becomes easier to say, no, look, that that's not where I want to go with that. Yeah, I think uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and the only time I really want to stick the knife in is if someone is, I feel, genuinely bad. Right. So someone like Donald Trump, I'd stick it in a hundred times. Sure. Uh, literally, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. Um, but um, you're a long way from you know. They're I, uh, no, you. man. They can, there's microphones. Everyone. There's <laughs> one right in front of me. Um, so, but within the, the football world, I suppose you know that FIFA I've gone for pretty hard in the past. But um, my my worst fear is that. Um, someone would see the cartoon and be genuinely upset by it. Yeah. You know, I know that the footballers, um, many footballers, sort of deal with mental health issues, and I wouldn't want anyone to see the cartoon and it for it to affect them. Yeah. So, um, I would like to think that when I'm sort of taking the Mickey, I'm doing it kindly or from a from a good place. But again, there's probably people screaming up there. <laughs> yeah, they can. They, the Apple yeah. devices, whatever. Now saying, "Oh, hang on, what about this?" When you said this, but um, yeah. But again, that's that's the rule I try to yeah. stick to. It's hard to remember, isn't it? Mm. You know what you've done or what you've said sometimes because mm. you produce such a, an amount of work. I know that you know when when I write or when I do podcasts, and people will say, "Oh, remember that thing you wrote?" Or remember that podcast where you did that? And it's like, <laughs> no. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I genuinely don't, so no. it can be a bit hard to remember. And I think you're right. You know, somebody, somebody, uh, an organisation like FIFA, 
for example, you know, mm. lends itself to, to the sharpest kind of criticism. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, The Sun, for example. I know you've had a, a good go at The Sun for... Yeah, they're fair game, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think anybody would really really no. take any issue with that. Yeah. I mean, have you ever had any feedback from, from players or people who've featured in the cartoons, um, you know, at Back Channel or, or directly or otherwise? Uh, not really. I think yeah. when I've drawn uh, members of the public in the cartoon before... Um, I'll often they'll get in contact and I say for the uh, for the Arsenal Man City semi-final last year yeah you might remember there was a couple of City fans in the crowd young curly guys hair, with massive guys. curly hair yeah and um, you know for a middle-aged guy such as myself you know experience real hair envy and youth <laughs> envy you know um, these massive sort of locks of luscious ginger hair yeah. so I featured them in, in the first panel and um, yeah so I think their uncle got in contact with me the week later and asked if they could have a print so I was happy to do that sure. and that kind of thing in the past as well when um, so a football figure has passed away and if I've done a tribute cartoon then sometimes relatives or friends get in contact and ask if they can have a, a copy or the original which yeah I'm I'm more than happy to do that. I'm, I'm, actually, that makes me proud when when that happens. Sure, that I've done something that that means that that much that they would reach out. So, well, that's cool. That's cool. But generally not. Yeah. Um, I recounted this story last night on the on the Guardian podcast about um, the most direct feedback I ever had was the first one of the first commissions I ever had was when uh, I worked at Swindon Town and Steve McMahon was manager. And the club asked me to do a caricature of him, which I did. And they were going to sell it in the club shop, which was great for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he didn't like it. And he gave me some <laughs> very direct, profane feedback in an enclosed space. It was in, a, in the office of the marketing manager. And right. He happened to be walking past. And I was introduced to him. And yeah. And he told he the thing he was most upset about was he thought I'd made him look like Paul Daniels, which is, uh, <laughs> you know. He had he had a point to be fair. Well, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, he's a he's a figure that Arsenal fans remember very well. Of Steve course, man with his uh, yeah yeah his finger in the air, one minute, one minute, and all yeah. that. And I suppose there's a difference as well when you talk about those two Man City fans, for example. You know, they they didn't necessarily put themselves in the public no. domain, but they were thrust into it. Whereas, yes. you know, there there are people perhaps you featured in the past who who will put themselves in front of the cameras yeah. and talk and rant and rave and all that kind of stuff. And you know, yeah. then I think you become. Not fair game, but you know you you yeah. placed yourself there. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think I think the, there's only a, one other time was this would have been around when Jose Mourinho was in the last few weeks in his death throes at Chelsea, mm. the second time, and it looked like he was going to be sacked or he might just have been sacked. And there was a Chelsea fan who went on Sky Sports News with two of his, well, I assume they were relatives, two ladies. And it's he'd written a song about Jose staying, oh God, and then he performed that. the song. I remember that, yeah. And I put him in the cartoon, right? And then he got in contact and asked if he could have the copy. Okay. Um, and 
shamefully I don't think I replied to his email I just sort of um, I meant to and then never yeah. got around to it well, so sorry. sorry about that yeah but, but yeah. look we'll always have that moment where he appeared on Sky News oh, strumming man. his oh man that, I've forgotten all about <laughs> that but that was uh, that was really yeah. something you should but, watch it again it's yeah yeah, one for, the, one for the ages. Yeah, one yeah. For the ages. And that is the thing about football, isn't it? Is that if it's not happening on the pitch or if it's not off the pitch, uh, you know, the, the, the fans themselves can create stories and make stories, mm. and you get these moments that you just, you've got no idea where they're coming from. So, I mean, do you have to be really flexible in terms of, you know, how you approach? Like, you could have, uh, I know you said uh, last time we spoke that, let's say on a Thursday, you sit mm. down and you start thinking about next week's cartoon, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, if something happens on a Sunday, that could just change the the whole thing. Yeah, um, ideally, um, there's a big story that breaks on a Friday or a Saturday. But yeah, you have to be flexible. And increasingly now, I'm writing the cartoons on a Tuesday, uh, which means I've got the scope to to take in the Monday night games and, and everything yeah. like that. And when you're talking about yeah, using members of the public. Um, one of the uh, one of the groups, I suppose, of people who I've who I've mocked and um, or not mocked, but uh, referenced in the past would be your friends at Arsenal Fan TV. Sure. And a lot of those fan channels, not just the Arsenal ones. So because um, you just get the the extreme of of opinions, and I I genuinely don't think that that's how most football fans are. No, I you know I think there is uh, in the immediate aftermath of a game, mm. their emotions run high, and if you're yeah. standing in that kind of environment and yeah. you're kind of playing to the crowd a little bit, then yeah, it's easy to see how you could how you could go that way. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't appear to be a, a phenomenon that that's just uh, Arsenal fan no. TV. You see it with the, the, the there's a couple of West Ham ones have been yeah. amazing and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I can't remember there was another uh, I can't remember which one but yeah it does happen but if you put people in that environment and you're interviewing them there's people standing around and they're like waiting for you yeah, to say yeah. something you're, you're going to go spend. there spend say the line say yeah, the line yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you go to the pub straight after the game yeah. you yeah. might you might get a bit animated and you yeah. might but generally speaking you're not you're not no, pointing no. your finger in, yeah. in that sense um, so the, you've got a, a, a new book out um, which is called uh, The Illustrated History of Football Hall of Fame. Um, how long was that one planned for, or was that sort of you were planning for that in uh, around the same time as the previous one? Yeah, it was always going to be a, a sort of two-part thing. Um, and about halfway through writing the last one, I started to think about what I would do for the second one. Mm. And when I was writing the first one, which was about the entire history of football, I realised I didn't really have the time or the space to um, elaborate on the individual stories of, of players. Um, so with this one, it's given me the, the scope to look at players, managers, um, you know, innovators, um, a few other sort of categories of, of people. Um, and yeah, just focus in on their stories because, the, I mean, the best ones have amazing stories. Yeah. Um, I found the harder ones to draw were the one were the people who had lived sort of had enjoyed successful careers, um, but through being professional and through hard work and not by you know falling out of the pub at three in the morning sort yeah. of thing. They just started the music up in they here. They have. That's not helpful, is it? Not really. Wow. Oh my God! It's all going off. Well, we could. Um, well, we've got some background music. 
Yeah. <laughs> Where is that coming from? Oh, they just started it in here. Yeah, it's just piping through. How um, loud was it? It's quite loud, isn't it? Or is it? It is quite loud, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we found a, a more echoey, but music-free uh, part of the customs house. You were saying that the ones you find m most difficult are the, the people who've been professional. Yeah, that was it's quite inconvenient, the, the players who had shown commitment and hard work their whole careers. And um, so someone like, say, Marco Van Basten or Roberto Baggio, lovely people who had... Um, well, I assume they're lovely people just because yeah. I like the way they play football. They might be absolute bastards for all I know, but... Um, <laughs> But people who were who were great footballers, but you know, didn't live life. Um, I mean, in a scandalous way. Yeah. Well, I'll just the Paul Gascoigne cartoon was easier to write than the Marco Van Basten one. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got a bit more to work with. <laughs> yeah. In that regard. Yeah. Um, I just want. I mean, obviously, the, the cartoons are are fantastic, but the writing and there's a bit more writing, I think, in this one than in in the previous book. Um, but, you know, it's such a, a great accompaniment. I'm just going to read a bit out for people here from um, my favorite bit that I've got to so far, which is from the Socrates uh, panel. So you start the Socrates text by saying, a free-thinking intellectual with a doctorate in medicine whose abilities as a footballer were only matched by his passion for social activism. In many ways, Socrates was the Ray Parler of Brazilian <laughs> football. <laughs> Good old Ray. Oh, good old Ray. But I mean, it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So I mean, how did you how did you decide who you were going to feature in the book? Did you sort of just whittle through who's who's of football? And um, obviously, some people's stories are, are much more well known. Mm. Was it interesting having to like pick people and go, oh, I didn't really know that about him, and and uh, I got to yeah. find the story. So I started off with a, with a huge list of about 150 names and. Once I'd removed all of the Swindon Town players, I had about <laughs> I had about 149. Um, so I just gradually worked, whittled that down. I wanted a real um, spread of players from different clubs and different nationalities. Um, so I've tried to get representation from sort of at least one player from from each sort yeah. of big club. Um, and with, say, like a player like Diego Maradona, who you could write two books of cartoons about. Yeah. Um, or, say, a player whose story is, is really well known. I would try to just focus on one point of their career or one aspect of their life. So for Maradona, I look at his time at Napoli. Um, I tried to mix up the style of the cartoons as well. So some are just like single panel, one page, mm. quite detailed cartoons. Others are across three or four pages and maybe a sort of a bit of a biography. Um, so I try to, to mix that up to keep it interesting, not only for the reader, but for myself. You know, it was, um, it was a long piece of work to, to get through. So um, that variety helped me so hopefully it'll help the reader as well yeah yeah and the arsenal legend or the hall of famer is uh, is dennis burkamp i, g I guess dennis one burkamp. of those one of those people who is the professional he is but I, actually that's one of the things i learned when i was um researching it was that he was also the king of banter within the arsenal dressing room which isn't <laughs> what you know you wouldn't expect that at all yeah, so he was a, a real joker apparently yeah yeah i i uh, gather that his big thing was pulling down his teammates um shorts and pants when they were sort of unsuspecting <laughs> which 
you don't expect that from Dennis Bergkamp, you know? It's, no. no. So there's a couple of jokes in there about that. Um, I think I've got a joke in there about him throwing um, Seagan's shoe over a stadium like um, Finchie from The Office. So <laughs> that kind of, um, that sort of thing. So I think for the, for the Bergkamp cartoon, I've, I've set it up as score goals the Bergkamp way and he's sort yeah. of explaining how to, how to do that. And I also use that device for the Matt Letizia one as well. So, yes, that was yeah, very they're good. good fun to work on those ones. There's a lot of lot of lying down <laughs> the Matt Letizia one, <laughs> lying down and then spanking one in from thirty yards. Yeah, he was unbelievable, wasn't yeah. he? I mean, imagine yeah. what the what kind of a player he could have been with some application. That's right. But may, yeah. maybe can you be that player and also have the the application? I wonder. This is the. Um, um, the reasoning I apply to my own work. So when I'm <laughs> when I'm lying on the sofa and uh, you know the deadline is fast approaching, I think, well, you know, if you take this out of my game, I'm half the cartoonist. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. So you're the, the the Matt Letizia of cartoons. Oh God, no, I didn't say that. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> no, I no, said that at least. no. Uh-huh. Um, no, maybe I'm the Ray Parler of cartoons. You know, just work like and uh, you know the, the so occasional. So Socrates, basically <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back around. Oh God, yeah. So what are what are your uh, do you have any like specific hopes for the season? I mean, there's a there's a World Cup obviously coming up, uh, yeah. which, which should provide plenty of uh, plenty of talking points yeah. in terms of uh, you know the teams that are in it and where it's being held and uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it always throws up plenty of material. Um, so I'll be doing a couple of cartoons a week for the Guardian during the World Cup. Probably some stuff leading up to it as well, a few previews and. And that kind of thing. It's actually the last World Cup that, that kick-started this whole thing, really. Yeah. I had a fairly small following on Twitter, and I started uh, knocking out a cartoon a, a day during the, during the World Cup, just like a, a, often a single panel, just a simple idea. And that really took off, and I carried on after the World Cup, and that's when The Guardian picked me up. Mm. And, yeah, here we are. So Here we are, serendipity yep. almost. That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. Well, look, the new book is... Uh, the Illustrated History of Football Hall of Fame. Any plans for another book after this, or do you need to take a bit of time off? I need a bit of a break. Yeah. But, um, yeah, looking at doing something about this time next year. So okay. um, maybe something slightly different, but um, nothing firmed up yet. Right. But I, I do enjoy it, and um, it gives me a great chance to, to talk to people like you and talk about the work. And yeah. uh, it's lovely that people are interested enough to, to go and buy it as well. I think they will be. It's a great book. Um, it's out, I think, now. It's out now, it's yeah. It's out now, but yeah. only like literally out in the last few hours. So, That's uh, right, yeah. It's in all good bookshops, I'm sure, uh, digital editions and all that yep. as well. Uh, so go buy it by David Squires. Thanks very much, David. Thank you. Will we go get a beer? We'll go and get a beer. Uh, I was going to ask if you're... Uh, did you come here because you thought that Spurs might beat Real Madrid? Because <laughs> Asylum... Like asylum seekers don't do well in Australia. They don't treat them well. So well, yeah, I have to say that I didn't think that Spurs would beat Real Madrid. <laughs> Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And uh, it's, it's been very disappointing and disheartening yeah. to see that that actually happened. But uh, I choose to blame. I choose to blame an under-par, under-strength, under-coached, <laughs> under-worked under-coached. Real Madrid team rather yeah. than you know give too much credit to a Tottenham team that might, might I say, possibly have played well. But I can't say with any certainty that that's what, what happened. No. Just, yeah, console yourself that they were absolutely jammy and the, you know, domination of um, possession and all the rest of it yeah. was... An anomaly, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. But you, I mean, I'm worried that Bristol City might sort of get to the semi-finals of the um, of the League Cup. So it's all relative, I suppose. I guess it is Bristol City. We yeah, we got a goalkeeper from no, it was Bristol Rovers actually. Matt Macy he came from Bristol Rovers. Same so. difference, is it? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> uh, we leave our oh, prejudice. By the way, Bristol well. Rovers and City fans, please buy my book. Uh, listen, a pleasure, and let's go get that beer. Thanks, mate. Yeah, let's do it. There you go. Thank you very much indeed to David Squires. His book, The Illustrated History of Football, the Hall of Fame, is out now in all good bookshops. And uh, you should get it. You should get it for people you love. Get it for Christmas. Get it for birthdays. Get it for christenings. Get it. Just get it. Get it. It's a good book. And you can also catch David's stuff on The Guardian every week, of course. And, uh, well, that's it. So go get the book and read his stuff on The Guardian. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, it is Squires underscore David. That is Squires underscore David. Right. Um, Ordinarily, I would do like a little bit of a preview of uh, Manchester City versus Arsenal. But like, what can you say about this particular game? You know, we've got a we've got a relatively strong team to put out. All the people that you would expect to play didn't play in midweek in the Europa League. So they should all be fresh, full of vim and vigor and spunk, ready to go ready to have a good crack at Mikel Arteta's Manchester City. Oh, Pep Guardiola's there as well. But we all know it's Arteta pulling the strings. We're not, we're not stupid. Uh, I, I don't know what to say about this game because uh, it, it's a big game away from home. The last time we played one of those was against Chelsea. We dug in, we worked hard, we got a nil-nil, and people were generally satisfied with that. But because of the attacking strength of Manchester City. I'm not necessarily sure that nil is something we can do when it comes to the Manchester City side of the score. So do we have to try and make sure that nil is something we don't do either? Do we go strong in attack or do we do we go conservative and look to dig in? I don't know. I don't know how the fuck we play this game because uh, I'm not sure we can defend as well as we want to defend against this Manchester City side. They're too good from an attacking point of view. And if they do have a weakness, of course, it's it's in the defence. They did concede a couple against West Brom recently. So maybe that's what we do. But if we go for it and get picked off in the opening 20 minutes, everyone says, you're naive, you're idiots. What are you doing? So it's a difficult decision for the manager to make and what kind of team he's going to pick. Is he going to pick Ozil, Alexis and Lacazette and hope to blow them away and 
and offset some of our defensive weaknesses with offensive uh, strength. I, you know, I just don't know. All I can do is uh, keep fingers crossed and hope that we win the game. Hopefully, meet some of you Sydney Gooners uh, to watch that one on Sunday night, Monday morning, whenever it is over here. It's very late, though. I think it's another very late kickoff, but uh, you know, we'll make some arrangements, I'm sure. So, look, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, James and I will have an Arscast extra for you, but it won't be until Tuesday of next week because Monday uh, I'm returning to Ireland from Australia. And much as I would even want to, I'm unable to podcast from midair. Uh, you know, I'm not Superman or some shit. So uh, bear with us. We'll have a podcast for you early next week. Uh, thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next one. Cheers. Bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 